and welcome to the Sports Technology Podcast. In this episode, we speak with designer and developer Dan Richards and Hugh Valkenberg, President and CEO of Carhu. Carhu was founded in Finland in 1916 and they currently develop running shoes. We speak with Dan about the design process and Hugh about the past and future of the brand. For more information, check out our website, sportstechnologypodcast.com, and remember to follow us on Twitter at SportTechPod. Enjoy! Welcome to the Sports Technology Podcast. My name is Mike, and with me today is Henry. Hello. And we're with Dan Richard today. He's from Carhu. He's going to tell us a little bit about the design process for um, some of their products and specifically some of the footwear offerings that they have at the moment. So, Dan, welcome to the podcast. Um, yeah, do you thank want to just, you. Yeah, I'm happy uh, to join you. Could you just tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got involved with Carhu, and um, maybe just start out by introducing some of the products as well? So, and then we can get Oh, going. sure. Yeah, absolutely. We're. Uh, uh, we started working, uh, as, as you may know or not, uh, Carhu was purchased by Hugh Valkenberg and his management team in 2000, uh, late 2008, early 2009. Uh, my company, uh, DRD, or Daniel Richard Design, is a product development firm uh, working out of Portsmouth, New Hampshire, and, and, uh, and off, also with uh, an office in uh, Dongguan, uh, China. We were hired by Hugh to head up product, so we're involved in all aspects of product, uh, uh, product creation, uh, brief writing. Uh, uh, you know, we're involved at uh, with their retailers in uh, preview meetings and and uh, focus groups, things like that, as well as uh, on the uh, on the other side of it uh, in production. So we're really involved in all aspects of the product. Um, we started in 2009 uh, by. Uh, working with the Finns, you know, and the previous owner, and, and uh, so that we could understand the heritage of the brand. Uh, heritage and authenticity are very important; always have been to Carhu. Carhu is well over a hundred years old, and um, and so we want to be respectful of what's been done. But also, there's there's a number of good things that have been done. So we wanted to to try to learn as much as we could from the Finns and sort of their outlook on things. So so we started in two thousand eight, two thousand nine. By trying to understand the brand, um, the focus—it's uh, really a singular focus that was given uh, by Hugh or directed by Hugh, uh, and uh, you know, as he saw the opportunity and then hopes to build the company, um, our focus is performance running, and uh, so anything, uh, anything to do with performance running, the ability to uh, to train harder, uh, train more efficiently, um, to help you run is is really the focus of the, of, uh, of our work. Um, Carhu's position uh, had been built around a technology called the Fulcrum technology um, as managed throughout probably the last 25 years or so. Uh, we used that platform to really make it our vision for the future. So our, our, our vision for the product is efficiency and sort of the tagline that we use, the measuring stick that we use in everything we do is, uh, is efficiency. Um, and our goal is to make the runner as efficient as possible through the use of of Carhu footwear. You know, as a, as a foundation, you know, I think that that's probably a good starting point for our conversation. So, looking looking back um, at your timeline, it looks like this this fulcrum idea was sort of developed in the in the nineteen eighties, and it's progressed through time. And I guess now, as as you're kind of heading design, um, has has that been kind of a, an interesting starting platform? Is kind of something to build off of? Uh, have you had to go and rediscover the benefits or the the reasoning behind that as you as you start to progress that idea forward? Yeah, absolutely, Mike. That's a that's a good uh, question. You know, and uh, actually, in my monologue a moment ago, I, I failed to give you my background. I, I 
started in the industry in 1982, and and, uh, and I've worked with uh, my first job was with Nike in their Advanced Concepts Group, um, where I uh, was a designer and developer. Um, I worked corporately for for company for athletic shoe companies until about 1995, and then started my own development group. Um, the reason that's important is because when we when we went through the download with Carhu initially and, and sat with the Finns and we looked at the work that was done, uh, actually it goes back. Uh, there was there was a, some research done by Professor Comey in uh, and a book written, a subsequent book written uh, by him regarding efficiency in running and, and particularly what we labeled as horizontal efficiency in running or horizontal movement. And you know, now that I've had thirty years of uh, experience myself. You know, when I, when when we really started to cross section Comey's work, you know, it, uh, it you know, I, I really, uh, it was sort of eye opening for me, you know, and it was the kind of thing that literally sort of gave me goosebumps, you know, um, and uh, I don't mean to use an old metaphor, but, uh, you know, it occurred to me that the industry, uh, you know, we we quickly labeled and said the industry is sort of this vertical. Uh, vision of of the way things work, you know, in that when we talk about peak G's or we talk about motion control or we talk about VO2 max and almost everything we do eventually comes back and, relate to, and relates to some vertical measurement in time, you know, where we're looking at the foot in relation to the ground. And Comey's work, you know, if, if you try to bring out that same simple comparison was about the foot in relation to the top of the midsole, you know, and how quickly you can move over the surface of the midsole or, uh, you know, sort of, so rather than looking at a shoe and the body and taking vertical measurements as it impacts the ground, Comey was looking at the way the runner moves across the ground. And so we labeled that a, a horizontal efficiency and, you know, car whose tagline since then, and, and it would, it, Hadn't really been boiled down to a single sentence back then, but since 2009, everything we do is about horizontal efficiency and horizontal movement. You know, and again, it's all about how efficiently we can make a runner move uh, over the surface of the midsole from heel to toe. The key component in all of that is the fulcrum. So when you go to the, or when you guys are kind of working on your designs, do you have a kind of a target specific? runner so some someone that does 50 to 100 miles a week or one of the kind of more casual runners that may have a different sure. foot strike or what is kind of the the design sense when you go about approaching who you're actually targeting with the Fulcrum technology or some of the other sure. technologies in your shoes so you know our goal Carhu is a small company um, so and by comparison, we don't. The breadth of our line is very focused as compared to some of the other bigger companies, and, and that's okay. It's um, we hope to get there at some point as well. But our target really became became runners. You know, t- people that are that are training consistently and um, and and quite frequently competing as well. Uh, in our research, um, again, I'll take a step back for a moment. You know, when this revelation hit us about horizontal movement. You know, our thoughts immediately were that this is really, you know, how come the industry hasn't jumped on this? How come the industry is not talking about horizontal efficiency a little bit more? And and, uh, and so we went back to Finland, to the University of Avascula, where Professor Comey did his original study in 1980, and we reproduced the study. So in 2009 and 2010, we created uh, an extensive study to see if we could try to understand uh, that the, the measurement that Comey was looking for was 
uh, called uh, the lambda effect. And the lambda effect essentially measures the transition time from heel to toe. We went back to see if we could find that lambda effect and if we could, in fact, have impact on the transition time from heel to toe. It became necessary in the study because it was a kind of a grueling study. Each each subject uh, wore eight different pairs of shoes. Uh, they were on the, uh, they were tested for uh, upwards of an hour uh, per shoe. So it was it was quite a grueling study, and we found that uh, we ended up using uh, well conditioned athletes. It was actually the Finnish uh, track and field team or elite athletes that we did the test with, and and so you know our focus initially became high end runners. Uh, performance runners, people that uh, that had, may have had different foot strikes, foot types, and and, and uh, different gait styles, but we focused on the elite athlete. Carhu, in general, as a product line, is geared toward the runner of of all different speeds, all different running styles, and different paces. You know, um, uh, it's been our our single focus that. It's not that we want to change the running style. There's been a lot of talk, you know, as you know, um, recently about midfoot strikers, forefoot strikers, about uh, trying to move, trying to become, you know, changing your style to become a forefoot striker, a midfoot striker. Carhu's focus always has only been efficiency. If you're a heel striker, that's okay. We'd like to make you the most efficient heel striker you can be for your gait style and your body type. If you're a midfoot striker, the same thing. So it's not that we're trying to change things. It's that we're trying to help uh, runners become more efficient and train injury-free. Uh, one of the, the cool and perhaps unique things about your website in comparison with many other footwear websites is there's a section dedicated to running form, which uh, I think is unusual but, but nice. Um, so it talks about like leg movements and, and arm movements and uh, upper body position and also uh, foot strike a bit. Um, so when, when you're – this is obviously useful information, but when you're, when you're designing the shoes, are, are you – Trying to, trying to create the shoes in such a way that they promote uh, a specific type of uh, a form or promote better form? Or uh, is this form information just kind of to, to supplement the uh, benefits from shoes? Yeah, we, we believe, um, so again, it's not to, we're not suggesting that a runner change their style. We are, we are recommending, however, that runners are aware of of uh, of of good uh, of of good running practice, you know, efficient running. Uh, well, th- that they maintain a good running style, if you will. And so, uh, in general, um, running with your chest more upright, running with a you know a bend between the knee and the ankle, so that your lower leg is more positioned under your body, you know, with your hips forward as compared to reaching out with the lower leg, sort of trying to change your gait so that you maybe straightening your leg as you straight, as you strike the ground. You know, we, we'd like, uh, in general, we, you know, we'd like runners to be aware of a good balanced running gait, you know, and so those practices that we have on our, those tips that we have on our website are about that, you know, uh, helping you to run efficiently. You know, our, our goal is about getting to the next stride, and that's what that—that's what those tips and recommendations are about. If, if uh, you know, our belief is that is that if you run inefficiently, or if you run in a shoe that's inefficient for your body style, you're probably creating a lot of additional movement and a lot of additional rotations, a lot of uh, displacement on the uh, throughout the shoe that you don't need. You know, you may be working to overcome those things, and and. Uh, 
more so if you can practice a good balanced gait uh, for your style again, for your body type, and if the shoe can help you move efficiently across the surface, that uh, that you'll have a much more efficient style and, and you'll be able to run uh, more efficiently and more injury free. So, how do you um, how do you pick your lasts? Sure. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, a great place to start with any last is the is uh, the market. You know, and so um, I, you, you really start by talking to consumers, what works well for them, and uh, and what your experience has been. What we did find with Carhu is that their existing last, it's a last we call the 198, and it goes back. It goes back well into the history of Carho. I'm not sure what the uh, you know when what the genesis of it was, but um, but it wasn't bad. Um, uh, lasts, if you go way back, were driven more by manufacturing. You know, with the crown of the last or the shape of the last, and and uh, you know different shoe constructions we required different nuances of a last, and and uh, so in general we found that the car who lasts fit pretty well but it was a little bit pointy we didn't think that it did enough around the lateral wall or the fifth metatarsal head we also didn't think that up around the first and second toe that it that it recognized you know those landmarks as well as it needed we also had a little bit of heel slippage you know and so that came from consumer feedback and then you know sort of a simple evaluation of the last you know as well and and uh and so you really start you know you, you pick a starting point and then you do some simple trial and error. And, and lasts are fairly easy to work with. You know, generally they're plastic or fiberglass or plastic glass that you can kind of work with uh, easily with a, you know, with a little bit of bondo, you know, or uh, and uh, and a file. And, and so we we modeled a couple of lasts, you know. And during our early fit trials, really wanted to see if we could go so far as to as to break the last or to create a poor fit. So we started by a couple of comparisons. It, it goes the generation of each prototype goes pretty quickly so uh, and then you build a shoe you know uh, you, you you try to create controls throughout the process so you manage the the bottom and you manage the construction of the upper and you just simply do fit trials with the last and then you know we we quickly early on in the carhu development process we we created a carhu wear testing team you know it was important to to build some history with a trusted group of advisors or runners and and so we you know the different iterations of our last were tested through that wear test group and and uh where we ended up in 2009 we started with the with the 198 there had always been pretty good car who had pretty good fit in the industry but then as i said we eventually landed on a on an evolved last in 2011 which uh, allowed a little more room out around the fifth metatarsal, you know, sort of the lateral wall of the shoe. Um, and then uh, with some expanded room up around the first and second toes as well, you know. And in our fit, uh, we use that last in everything we do in the performance line. Um, and the fit has always been really very good uh, with our shoes. All right, that was the developer, Dan, and now the next we'll hear from is Hugh Valkenberg, the president and CEO. We'd like to hear more from your view of like, um, maybe the history of the company and, and uh, your involvement and where you see it going and, and so on. Uh, yeah, but it's, of course, a bit of a personal story. I don't know if Dan told you, I'm originally Dutch. Okay. Uh, when I grew up selling running shoes through college, 
you were selling A6 Brooks and Carus. That was your, your regiment. And I was very intrigued, I think, in 86, when they first came up with Fulcrum. Up to that point, Caru had air cushion in their shoes. So they had air cushion for exactly 10 years. They um, had a tested on air cushion in 76. Uh, they left some shoes behind in Hayward Field, Oregon, and the rest is history on that front, I guess. But they actually have the uh, patent for air about six months before Nike got it. That's that's interesting. I, re- I remember reading on the history timeline that they had air cushion. I, I thought... Uh, I remember the, uh, the story in 86. The, uh, yeah, it was just... Uh, I think I was not even in college, probably high school. The rep coming by and saying, look, we uh, EVAs have gotten a lot better. We don't really need to put a lot of cushioning between you and the road anymore. And the original concept was from a, a professor called Pavel Komi. Pavel Komi is quite a, a known biomechanical uh, professor at Yavascala University, who was really spearheading at that time you know, biomechanical design and, and how to interpret a, a midsole geometry that would work well. And uh, the, the whole idea was that uh, you have to find a balance between protection and efficiency. Whereas barefoot is very efficient short term, obviously you need some protection. And whatever we put between you and the road needs to be focused on efficiency, meaning forward movement. So we liked that concept back then a lot in the store, and I saw how it connected with runners because running is forward. and I would say most shoes are built as if running is up and down rather than forward. And the forward forces are no less than the, the downward forces. When you start really analyzing what we're trying to do as runners, is, is we're trying to move in one direction. Uh, but the whole story right now with barefoot running and, and zero drop, it's still a cushioning story and a striking story. It's not one of forward movement yet. Look at Carhu uh, four years ago before we bought it. We knew there was a new round of research done at Yavascala specifically around efficiency, and we try to learn more about that. I'm personally myself not a biomechanic, so I can only try to understand how people like then implement the findings of a research project into an actual new midsole. But we certainly can understand, of course, that. Now, running is a dynamic movement, and you cannot break up the research into cushioning, striking, and you have to look at the complete gait cycle and understand that a runner constantly breaks and propels, and break when you land and propel when you push off. You can get the shoe to participate in that process to um, make sure that the the stance phase is as short as we can make it, and it's all about forward movement. We think we're heading in the right direction. So did you, would you say that you got involved with the company to kind of bring back this idea of uh, the importance of forward propulsion to, to kind of, I guess, bring it, bring it back into the, the marketplace and the public eye? Yeah, because it's a legitimate uh, technology. And yeah, I think Finns are pretty simple folk, right? They, they don't like bells and whistles. And when they do something, they do it thoroughly. And I always liked running in the pool room back in the 80s. And, and nobody really understood where it went. And it was just one of those uh, stories of a brand that stayed behind in Finland and didn't transfer the production well to the Far East and, and became outpriced in uh, the early 90s. And even as a retailer in the early 90s, we stopped carrying them because uh, they were just very, very highly priced. It was continuously handmade in Finland. At that time, marketing became big. And brands like Adidas and Nike moved successfully to China and dropped the prices and 
and a lot more marketing uh, dollars than the Finns did at the time. And the Finns kept just focusing on their other product line after that, which was uh, cross-country skis. Uh, we uh, still make a few. So kind of going forward now, how do you kind of reintroduce the the Carhu brand into these newer markets? Is it really focused on the technology or kind of going back to that heritage with with kind of the Finnish innovation? Like what is kind of your strategy in kind of moving that forward and growing the, the well, name recognition in and, and different markets? Definitely a bit of both. I don't think the running market is a market you can buy your way into, so to speak. We've, we've seen competitors try to do that and it doesn't work. You either are dedicated to running and the running community or or you're trying to take a shortcut. And there are no shortcuts in, in running footwear. So you need to be uh, able to finance yourself for you know, a longer-term approach and uh, pay your dues, so to speak. And I think Carhu, communication-wise, the history is phenomenal. Uh, maybe you've seen something that we're trying to do on this tour where you know, we've getting, we're getting an American and a Finn to drive in an Airstream across the U.S. this fall to relive that spirit of the 70s and running. At the same time, we're, we're clinicking over 40 doors, 40 spe- running specialists. Uh, while we make that trip, we explain them uh, the history of the brand. At the same time, these uh, the drivers need to live in that airstream the way that runners used to live in uh, in trailers in the 70s and 80s around races, and they have to partake in many events. Um, on the other hand, technology is important. We know that runners... Uh, I think our latest survey showed that 60% or 70% of runners look for specific features in shoes. Um, and I think that open technology is something that they're wired to learn about. Everybody wants to learn about shoe technologies. Maybe the biggest challenge for us was that the last four years, the market has moved from structured cushioning shoes, barefoot running. And if you didn't have a megaphone, that was speaking to one of those two, it was pretty difficult to get your spot on uh, on the merry-go-round. But we definitely see now that that pendulum has swing is uh, swung so far, is swing back to the middle. Uh, you still see barefoot running, but it's now barefoot running with protection. And I think in the end, people understand perhaps that lightweight is important and efficiency is really important. What we uh, of course saw that it the efficiency that you can get out of your fulcrum is really what's unique. And, and some of the statistics are amazing when you look at the up and down move. Dan and you guys talk about vertical oscillation a bit. But it's interesting when you look at vertical oscillation on barefoot running. I guess I'm talking to researchers, so I better get my numbers straight here. That it's say 5% less, and it's traditionally structured to. And let me just pull up the numbers here. Yeah, the average oscillation that we measured, and this was done at Yavascala University, which is where we, uh, we've done three rounds of research now, is about 9.78 centimeters for a runner. So those are eight people wearing, from all different shapes, wearing uh, four different competitor shoes. And we measured that on average they went up and down around 9.78 centimeters. And they were uh, wearing zero drop shoes, so barefoot running shoes. They were lowering that by about five. Uh, and then when they were cargo fulcrum with a bigger, actually, heel drop, so with more rise, it lowered further to nine point, sorry, 8.9 centimeters. So there's savings of 5% between running zero drop barefoot and, uh, and cargo in a way that cargo makes you run less up and down, which we believe is a good thing because runners try to move forward. Right, so it seems like... 
there's a lot of good stuff in terms of kind of getting the technology out there. And it sounds like the kind of this grassroots approach where you kind of do these events across the country and, and running specialist shops. Is that, is that kind of the strategy going forward is trying to kind of convince a small group yeah. of people at different locations? I know that's how I actually kind of found out about you guys. You were at a, a running store in Chicago that I happened to see and I tried out the shoes and for an evening and it was pretty interesting. I'd never heard of the brand and um, just to kind of get get a new feel on, on the running approach. It was pretty interesting. Yeah, I mean, there's, there, the, the running shoes market is, is you know, primarily divided between specialty stores, online, and big box stores. But the number one source of information for runners is usually a running specialty store like the one you visited. And that's probably where, where we belong. We don't belong in a big box store where there is no personal service. So, so uh, looking forward, do you see, um, uh, as, as the, the company expands and gains more recognition, do you, do you see new technologies coming into play, new lines of shoes? I think our core platform is always going to be foolproof. Uh, we definitely uh, are always trying to find new ways to improve the efficiency of the runner. So for 2012, we introduced a, uh, a new stiffer foolproof. One of the challenges we were given by uh, the researchers in Yavaskala was to come up with a stiffer platform uh, for a runner that we could really help him also with his horizontal oscillation. Maybe you and Dan spoke about that a bit. We have the vertical oscillation. We also need to focus on horizontal oscillation so that you become much more fluent on a horizontal. And we learn a lot from that. We're, we're currently uh, uh, using a uh, material called PBAX. It's a, a composite material. Um, for spring 12, we're actually launching the same geometry in an EVA foam again, a lighter weight paint. And for spring 14, uh, we'll probably be applying that same geometry again to another level of running shoes. Uh, very good. Well, if um, if our listeners want to find out more about the company and some of the technologies. Um, and even some of the events, too, going on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The, uh, the Following the Airstream tour around the U.S. Um, what's the Where's the best place to get more information? Uh, just follow us on Facebook, I think. You can see where the uh, Airstream will be. It will kick off. Uh, I... September 15th, and it will continue through November 15th. Other than that, we will be at many races, including the Chicago Half Marathon and the 13.1 Series across the U.S. 13.1 uh, Series is a series of around nine half marathons all over the U.S., uh, where you will find Carhu and you. And that is the watch. podcast. Great. Thank well, you, Dan. Thanks, thanks a lot for thanks your time. listeners thanks for, for listening. For more information yeah. and links, go to our website, sportstechnologypodcast.com, and remember to follow us on Twitter at Sports Tech Pod. Thanks. Bye. Thank you.